Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, and this is going to be a different style of podcast than what we normally do on the Thinklings. Normally, we uh, have some books in business. We talk about the books we've been reading. We have some form of longer content that is uh, scripture-related or uh, something uh, nonsensical that I'm working on, something like that. It's usually more of uh, a structure to it. And uh, the reality is there's been some events that have happened in our lives uh, where uh, we have one of our thinklings here, uh, Andy, who's wife has passed away. And the truth of the matter is that we don't really have a content in our bank that's suitable for an at- a time and an occasion like this. And so as Thinkling Little and I, Thinkling Carter, we talked about this, uh, we had a couple of options. We agreed unanimously that if there was ever a moment to not post a podcast, to take a week off, this would be that week. And uh, obviously we opted not to go down that route. We've been fairly diligent. Uh, Since we uh, decided a few years ago to have one every week, we have had one every week for quite a while now, for Mm -hmm. uh, 100 or so episodes. And so, uh, but we did think about if we were to post an episode this week, given the circumstances surrounding uh, what would we uh, put in the podcast? And so uh, you've already seen the title here. Uh, we, we just have a few thoughts on death that we'd like to share. And uh, maybe not for you listening specifically, but maybe for your friend who has felt the grasp of death in the grave on their home and their family. Something that you can meditate on or you can share with your friends in a a dark moment of your life. And so here's what's in this episode. We're going to go to one of our favorites, to a fictional work, and we're going to read a couple of quotes there and think about their meaning. And then we are going to spend most of the time looking at a few passages in the Bible. Again, thinking about death, and not in a comprehensive way, No, but uh, just a couple of good thoughts to have uh, right now for us. And so uh, starting off with that, uh, you can go to your shelf and pull off your copy of The Return of the King by J.R.R. Tolkien. And there's a quote here that I'm going to read, and I'm going to read the quote from the book as well as the adaptation from the movie. And the point of the quote is the character realizing in the midst of darkness that there is still light and beauty beyond, transcendent of the darkness that he calls the shadow, and it gives him hope. Hmm. And so that character in the book, uh, it's the same character in the book and the movie, but in The Return of the King, here's Sam. And where he is at this point is he and Frodo have ventured all the way into Mordor. And you know the, the heart of the darkness, the heart and source of the shadow that has uh, enthroned all of Middle-earth up to this point. 
their friends are at Minas Tirith uh, fighting off the armies of Mordor and will be at the Black Gate uh, soon to draw the gaze of the eye away from them so that they can complete their task. But here they are in Mordor and uh, it's dark and hopeless. And they're starting to realize that they're probably not going to make it home alive. And so that's the context of the quote. And here is Sam in the mountains of Mordor looking up, and here's what he sees. There, peeping among the cloud rack above a dark tor high up in the mountains, Sam saw a white star twinkle for a while. The beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out of this forsaken land, and hope returned to him. For like a shaft clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end, the shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was a light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. And uh, that idea of the shadow being just a passing thing, that dialogue gets picked up in the movie. And in the movie, here's a, it's a longer quote that Sam is saying this to Frodo, so it's not necessarily correct, but here's what he says in the movie. And speaking to Frodo, Sam says, It's like the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad has happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, the shadow. Even darkness must pass. And so Sam, he is pointing out something about darkness that we're going to point out about death. Hmm. Is it dark and life-shattering and dangerous and treacherous, you know, how could our life go back after death? And Sam, looking at a shadow like that, reflects correctly that there is light and mm -hmm. truth that transcends and overpowers death. That uh, even in the midst of a world that is cursed, we have the light of the glory of the gospel. And uh, that teaches us that death is uh, something that we do experience in this world, but we also will experience life and that, uh, uh, shall we say, the sting of death hmm. is gone. Amen. And so, Tim, you're going to talk a little bit more about that. And uh, yeah, in Isaiah 25, 8, it states, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. This idea that death will one day be destroyed, it will be no more, is an idea. Even in the Old Testament, they didn't understand how that was really going to play out or how it was going to work. But God promises he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from every face. Hosea thirteen fourteen. It reads, I will ransom them from the power of Sheol. I will redeem them from death. O death, where are your plagues or thorns? O Sheol, where is your sting? 
the context of uh, Hosea 13 is, um, that one's a little bit trickier, but the Apostle Paul seems to be building off of these ideas, probably the idea of Isaiah 25.8, though using some of the language of Hosea 13.14. When he writes in 1 Corinthians 15.55, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? That word for sting, it's like a bite from a venomous animal or an insect, like a bee. Death is like a serpent with poison fangs, but the poison can be removed, and then it is harmless. And as Charlie and I were discussing what to talk about, Charlie reminded me of the story from our beloved theology professor, Dr. Myron Houghton. Story, I don't know, he told, I don't know, like a hundred times about... uh, um, it was a fictional story, but representing this idea of of the sting. I think it's probably more than a hundred times. Yeah, it probably was because I think <laughs> I heard it. I heard it more than once. How how many years did he teach? Probably like yeah. a dozen times, mm-hmm. times you know, thirty or forty years. I think he incorporated it a few times into his different uh, theology classes. But the story goes along the lines of uh, a father and a son uh, riding in a car, and then all of a sudden there's a a bee in the car and the son is uh, allergic to bee stings and he gets stung and he'll die and the father grabs the bee and the bee stings the father and then he lets the the bee go and the child starts crying out being concerned about the bee but then the father's like no son it's okay it stung me i have the stinger in my hand that's a very fitting analogy for 1 Corinthians 15.55, reflecting even the idea that Tolkien's kind of developing with the shadow, but the light on the other end. The venom, the poisonous fangs of the serpent have been, the poison's been removed, and there's a sting that doesn't exist anymore. It's going to the 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 promise of the resurrection gives the christian the victory and um and that's our encouragement when we go through times like uh what andy's going through right now and um we thank you for praying for our friend we love him and we appreciate all the support that you've given us even as listeners as they've gone through this valley and right on that same track of thinking uh i've mentioned a couple of times the last few weeks i've been preparing to uh, teach a new class which is christian experience and uh the current professor that teaches that is andy and then before him was another one of our uh, common professors which is dr newman and uh i've been listening to a lot of old uh dr newman and andy Uh, lectures on passages. And we're going to read in Romans 8 in a moment, but this was a thought that Dr. Newman uh, said this as he was uh, teaching through Romans 8 and Romans 5. And uh, the way he said it, it, it it didn't seem to me like he had planned it to be as a powerful of statement as it was to me. And I might be uh, proven wrong, so uh, when you listen to this, Dr. Newman, you can let me know. But uh, the statement was this, and he was it's in the context of 
your security of of salvation, but then more uh, secondarily than the assurance that you have of that security. And it was if you are seeking assurance uh, in that context, you first look at the cross. You look outside of yourself at Jesus who died in your place and the goodness of God in the gospel to you assures you and gives you confidence in his love for you. And then after you look at the cross, you look at his grave or you look for his grave and nobody's going to find it Mm. because it's not there. Mm Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a grave where he's buried. He's mm-hmm. risen. And uh, I just loved that phrase. You look at the cross and then look for his grave. Mm. And again, reminds us that uh, death is and the uh, post-resurrection of Christ world, it is very powerless. Mm-hmm. It might claim a physical life, but it doesn't claim a soul mm. who's trusted in the Savior. And so uh, along that lines, uh, that's where we go to Romans 8. And I'm going to read a lengthy passage here. And uh, starting, in, I'm going to start in verse 31. And uh, just to give a little bit of context, earlier in the passage, Romans 8, he's started to discuss suffering and uh, how we encounter suffering in this life and suffering being a part of the Christian life. And he, in that same context, talks about the Spirit helping us. Uh, but So when he says in verse 31, what shall we say then to these things? He could be referring to the verse right before it, which is, and those whom he predestined, he called, and those he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? He could be referencing that list, but I think if we just zoom out a little bit more, It's the reality that those positional truths are still true in the midst of suffering. So that as you suffer as a Christian, you are still predestined and you are still called and justified and will be glorified. So what shall we say to these positional truths that are not moved or changed due to suffering? So what do we say about those things? If God is for us, If he has predestined me and called me and justified me and glorified me, if God has done that for me, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Paul is looking at the cross. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect, God's chosen, called people? God's the one who justifies. And if God has justified, who can judge me? Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. He's looking at the cross. More than that, who was raised? Where's his grave? Not there. It's not there. More than that, Jesus who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. How could someone condemn you when the perfect Savior who died in your place has risen and is interceding on your behalf before God in heaven? Who 
shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Death? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. (laughs) Great. Verse 37 is great. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, powers, height, or depth, nor any, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. A very powerful look at the cross. How can you be separated from a God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for you and rose him and promised to raise you exactly like his son? Uh, How shall anything separate you from that love? Hmm. And uh, a pretty convincing statement. No, (laughs) Mm -hmm. nothing can separate you from that love. Uh, not even a temporary darkness, the shadow of death, that claims a physical life, uh, that is temporary. Uh, but we look for and hope for eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, a couple of thoughts about death. It uh, no longer has the sting that it uh, would have without a Savior. And united in Christ, death cannot separate us from him. Hmm. And so uh, hopefully those thoughts encourage you, or maybe not you, but your friend who has experienced death. Maybe Hmm. that's something that you can share with your family, with your friends, as you maybe experience that shadow and are looking for hope beyond it. And uh, just as we wrap up here, uh, it's always good to remind ourselves that uh, even in the midst of dark moments in life, those are the times when we need things like this. Uh, The shadow and the reality of death should not keep us from reading good books and meditating on the truth of God's word and hoping in the gospel of Christ that he died in our place to pay for our sin and being justified, declared righteous by Christ, we have forgiveness and eternal life and that we did nothing to earn that. It's by grace and we believe, we trust him. Uh, another great uh, Dr. Newman illustration, well, what's, what's faith? Uh, you know, you might believe someone's a good driver, but would you get in the car with them? If you really believe, you get in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you give up control. You give up your life. And salvation is by the undeserved favor of God upon us through Christ that we believe in, mm-hmm. that we trust. No work, nothing that we do that would cause boast. Uh, he freely gives us that salvation by his grace 
when we believe. Hmm. And even the dark moments, maybe even uh, most importantly in dark moments in life, it's time to read good books or good passages of scripture and meditate on those thoughts and talk about them with your friends. So we really do love all of you. And we love Andy. And together, as uh, friends in the gospel, we hope for the eternal life that is given to us through the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thinklings Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books, talk about them with your friends, and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast. The Thinklings want to remind our listeners that the Thinklings Podcast is our personal production. Our conversations, book discussions, and viewpoints may not represent the views of Faith Baptist Bible College and Theological Seminary. Any questions or feedback should be directed to us at the Thinklings Podcast.